Hey everyone, I'm Blake Atwell, and after a one-week hiatus, welcome back to The Blake Show NBA betting podcast. We're back in full force with two episodes for you this weekend, starting with this one today. Uh, the show, as always, is coming to you nationally on TuneIn Believe Betting Radio, YouTube, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Let's get started. Yesterday was interesting, to say the least, if you're an NBA fan, and we have a lot to cover Today, Kyrie Irving shocking the world by requesting a trade out of Brooklyn, a move that could really completely shift the balance of power in the NBA. So on today's show, we're going to look at the odds for who Kyrie's next team is going to be, and we're going to break down a few of what I think are the most intriguing outcomes here that we could see. So without further ado, let's get to it. These odds are from points bet. They were released on Friday afternoon, I believed. And here are the top five as of Friday. We have the Lakers in first place at plus 125. The Miami Heat trailing the Lakers at plus 275. The Dallas Mavericks in third at plus 375. The Los Angeles Clippers in fourth at plus 400. And the Phoenix Suns coming in at fifth at plus 575. Now, with those odds in mind, I think that it is important to note here that Kyrie Irving is not just doing this to manipulate the Nets into giving him a new contract. I know that there are some people on Twitter and elsewhere I've seen that are kind of saying, oh, he's just doing this to get a new contract, this and that. That is not at all what's going on. Chris Haynes reported yesterday that even if the Nets offered Kyrie a full max extension right now with no stipulations in it, he would still say no. Other reports are indicating that Brooklyn in their first contract offer to Kyrie, it included stipulations for things in there like winning a championship. And my bet here is that Kyrie and his agent were offended by these stipulations sort of even being suggested in the first place in this contract. And that burned the bridge with the Nets. And I just don't think that Kyrie feels valued by the Nets in this situation. And look, obviously there's been a history of things going on here between Kyrie and Brooklyn and I'm not saying that I agree with sort of the way that him and his agent are are handling this, but I do understand it um, just because of how well he has been playing and how well the team has been playing. The team is in the top five in the East. They've been playing well, even without Kevin Durant. And I think in Kyrie Irving's mind, he's like, all right, there hasn't been any distractions over the last couple of months. Um, you know, let's get this done now. And you know, I think probably at first wanting to put a little pressure on the organization. And you saw reports come out a few days ago about him wanting to sort of extend with the Nets. Um, and I think on the Brooklyn side, you're like, well, just a couple of months ago, you were not even on the floor because of off the court things that happened. And then you go back to last year and you're not even on the floor. And then last year in the playoffs, when you do have your team out there, you get swept at the first round. So I understand both sides of this. Um, but I think whether who, whoever side that you're on, the fact is, is that the burn is bridged with Brooklyn. He's not going to stay, you know? So with that being said, the Nets are in a position now where they have five days to make a trade or they're going to lose Kyrie for nothing over the summer. So I think what this really does is it just forces Brooklyn's hand to make some kind of trade between now and the deadline on February 9th, this upcoming week. And of course, this isn't just about Kyrie Irving or the Brooklyn Nets. The other major piece of this situation is Kevin Durant. Because if you're Brooklyn with Kevin Durant on the roster, I know he's hurt, but you have to make a trade right now. 
if you do not do anything and you let Kyrie, even if it's not your favorite deal in the world, no matter, you know, even if the market is a little dry, whatever the case is, if you do not make a deal, you let Kyrie play the rest of the season, regardless of how far you get, which after this, the team chemistry obviously is going to be wonky if you don't trade him. So you're probably looking, you know, at a similar sort of outcome. Maybe you get out of the first round, losing the second round. Okay. So you're in the same position basically that you were last summer, except you don't have Kyrie under, under contract and he's leaving. You're not getting anything for him. Um, and if that happens, obviously with the rest, the way that the rest of the roster looks, Kevin Durant, I don't think would be too far behind Kyrie and asking for a trade. Um, so this is a complex situation because you're dealing with three parties here. You're dealing with Kyrie, the Nets, and then Kevin Durant. And obviously I think we're all kind of waiting and the league is kind of waiting to hear how Kevin Durant is going to respond to this. If he will respond to it at all, is there going to be any information leaked? What is the sort of news going to be here? Because ESPN yesterday sort of saying that Kevin Durant and the rest of the organization was surprised. So if there was any idea or presumption that, oh, Kyrie went to Kevin Durant before he did this and said, hey, either I'm getting my contract or I'm going to demand a trade, that's out the window. That didn't happen, according to what ESPN is saying, because they're saying that Kevin Durant was surprised by this move by Kyrie. Um, so you have all these moving parts. Now, let's say that the Nets meet with Kevin Durant and Kevin Durant, and this would kind of be my best bet here of, of what would happen in that meeting, is that Kevin Durant probably says, look, we can revisit my future after the season. I'm focused on kind of, you know, trying to make the best of this season and you need to get me win now pieces for Kyrie. You know, if you're, if you're in this position where you need to trade him. So with that in mind, um, when we're looking at, you know, a Nets Lakers trade of Russell Westbrook, some salary filler, uh, whether that is, a guy like Austin Reeves, a guy like Lonnie Walker, Max Christie, um, and then the two first-round picks. I think that that kind of move would push Kevin Durant, depending on when that trade happened. Let's say it happened tomorrow, Sunday. I think that might lead to Kevin Durant requesting a trade <laughs> before the deadline because why is he going to come back from injury and waste another year of his career? Because if you're doing that trade, you're kind of just taking that trade for the draft capital. You're not, you know, unless you can talk the Lakers into giving you Max Christie, that's really the only young asset you're getting back in, retu in return or a guy like Austin Reeves. And even those guys, those are kind of the Lonnie Walker. Those are the best guys you can get back and they're not going to help you. And then you add in the fact that the reports on the Lakers side are saying that they don't want to include Austin Reeves or uh, Max Christie in a Kyrie Irving trade. And the Nets are not in a position of leverage. The whole world knows that they have to make a trade here. Um, and then you have Kevin Durant and sort of wondering what he is going to do. So, like I said, there, there's no sense if you're the Nets either, you know, regardless of, of how your meeting with Kevin Durant goes to talk about this situation, there is no sort of like, you know, um, sense in just trading for draft capital. Um, when you can clearly get, pieces back in a Kyrie Irving deal, regardless of whether or not Kyrie is going to resign with that team or tells that team he's going to resign. If you're the Nets, if you're Sean Marks, you're making this trade. So you are going to do what's best for your franchise. And with all that in mind, let's take a look at some of the trade ideas that have been floating around out there. Um, 
We're going to start with the betting favorites. We have the Lakers uh, coming in, you know, still plus money, uh, even with all the sort of connection here that we've seen between Kyrie Irving and LeBron and the Lakers and all that. Um, Yovan Buha of The Athletic wrote an article last night that does outline the potential framework of a deal. And as I kind of mentioned a little earlier in the show, unless the Lakers are willing to include guys in this trade like Austin Reeves, Max Christie, then this has to be a three-teamer to make the money work. So there is a lot of sort of out there, oh, just do the Westbrook and two picks. Like that does not work money-wise. And again, in terms of thinking that you're going to get, you know, when now peace is back, the Nets are not doing that uh, before the trade deadline. I just don't see that happening, even in the position they're in, because you have these other teams that I think are going to present offers that are better than just draft capital. Um, And the reports are saying that, as I said earlier in the episode, the Lakers don't want to include Reeves or Christie. So what Jovan did in this article is he sort of gave you a framework for a three-team scenario where the Lakers send Westbrook and one of their first one of their two first round picks to a third team. The Nets in this situation get LA's other first rounder and they get some win now pieces from that third team. And then the Lakers, to make the money work here, they're getting Kyrie and then they're getting some combination of Joe Harris, Seth Curry, or Royce O'Neal, one of those three guys to make the money work. My bet here would be Joe Harris. I don't think that you're trading two of the more consistent. Uh, three-point shooters and sort of good role players you've had on your team this year and Seth Curry and Royce O'Neal, whereas Joe Harris has been more consistent and has uh, not the most attractive contract in the world. Um, So my best bet here would be that Joe Harris is the second piece in the situation headed to the Lakers. And again, assuming that um, Kevin Durant, you know, let's say rather that Kevin Durant does not request a trade out of Brooklyn this week, no, no matter what then I think that if we're going under that assumption, because that would just be sort of another, a whole nother show that we have to do. And <laughs> I don't know that that he would do that in this short amount of time, especially since he's injured right now. Um, assuming that Kevin Durant does not put Brooklyn in that position, which changes everything. I do think that Kyrie to the Lakers, and we're looking at this specific piece of it, does hinge on three things. Number one, who is the third team? Or the assets of the Jazz and the Spurs, the Raptors, those kinds of teams, for example, are those good enough to keep the Nets competitive the rest of the season and in the playoffs and keep Kevin Durant happy? You're basically just trying to avoid Kevin Durant requesting a trade because <laughs> um, he is on a longer-term deal still. Two, what is the rest of the Kyrie market like? Because if the Nets can get a solid package from a Miami Heat, Phoenix Suns, Dallas Mavericks, LA Clippers – that contains better assets for them than a third team in a Lakers deal. Obviously they're going to go that route. And then number three, which I do think connects a little bit to number two is will Kyrie resign extend anywhere? Meaning is he really only open? And maybe this just isn't public knowledge yet, but is he really only open to extending with the Lakers or is he open to extending with one of those other teams above? And then do those teams in this Kyrie Irving market even trust him enough to give him what the Nets would not, which is a four-year, $200 million extension with no stipulations. And if the Lakers decide that they will extend him and that's communicated to Kyrie, he could just privately tell teams, his agent could just tell teams that he's only extending with the Lakers, in which case you're in an Anthony Davis-like situation where even if the Nets you know, 
aren't thrilled with the return they're getting are sort of forced to um, trade with the Lakers because the Lakers are giving them the best value back because uh, the other teams know, you know, that he's not going to stay there no matter what. So they're not going to offer their best packages. Um, and in this case, like I said, they're kind of forced to deal with the Lakers. But what if the Lakers are hesitant about offering Kyrie a long-term deal? And this is something that Brian Windhorst of ESPN is reporting. And then in, in that scenario where the Lakers are hesitant about extending him, is any of these other teams willing to bite here? Because the reality for Kyrie Irving in this situation is that the only teams that are going to have enough cap space to sign him outright or via sign and trade or whatever in the summer, you're looking at teams like the Orlando Magic and the Houston Rockets. So if he wants to do that, then to each their own. But from what we know about Kyrie Irving, that's not the case. He's a player that wants to win, be in a winning situation. So you have to basically think and, and know that the, the resolution of this situation is that somebody is going to cave. Either a team is going to cave and is going to, co to commit to extending Kyrie Irving, or Kyrie Irving is going to cave and agree to re-sign on a shorter-term deal with his new team. For example, let's say the Lakers were willing to do two years, not four years, and Kyrie Irving doesn't have any better options, and he just says, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. That could happen. Or maybe a team like Dallas or Phoenix caves and says, you know what? We're going to do it. And then there's a trade. Now, in terms of Brooklyn getting the best return, I think there are better potential deals out there for them than a Lakers three-team deal. In terms of pure assets that you're getting back, not worrying about this extension stuff, extension stuff, rather just looking at what can we what is the best return we can get back for Kyrie Irving that makes Kevin Durant not want to request a trade? <laughs> and I think that the two teams that I'm looking at here to start with are Phoenix and Dallas, sort of in that in that top five range. Uh, you can have the Clippers in there too. They can offer a solid combination of role players and draft capital. Start with Dallas. You offer Spencer Dinwiddie and Christian Wood, a couple first-round picks. The Nets stay competitive, and they get draft capital. Dallas gives Luca a star, and we know that Luca wants sort of an upgrade to the roster. Um, but I think the question here for Dallas is, is Mark Cuban interested in giving Kyrie what he wants? And if there is that doubt there, would the Mavericks still be willing to risk losing Kyrie in the summer for nothing for a chance to make a run at a title with a wide open Western conference this year? Um, you know, for Luka Doncic, their star player. And I think that, you know, crazier things have happened in this league. So I think that's something that you have to consider here. Let's move on to Phoenix. Phoenix is interesting. What if they offered Chris Paul and Jay Crowder, Chris Paul and Cameron Payne, um, either of those deals, give Kevin Durant and the Nets a, a nice little return. Um, and then you put Phoenix in a, in a position where you've Kyrie Irving, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Cam Johnson. That's a scary looking team. Again, in a Western conference, that is a bit wide open right now. Um, but much like Dallas is Phoenix willing to extend him. The thing that Phoenix sort of has here that I think is interesting. That is something to, to pay attention to. And Adrian Wojnarowski mentioned this yesterday on ESPN is that the Suns do have new ownership coming in. And Woj was saying that he thinks that that owner should be able to get sort of approved by the Board of Governors and the NBA uh, to become the official owner of the Suns before the trade deadline. So that happens. Do the Suns make sort of a leap of faith here and make the trade and extend him, not knowing sort of what the future may hold beyond this season? Um, 
The last team here that I want to mention is a dark horse. And I know they're, they're number two right now in the odds behind the Lakers. Um, but to me, they're more of a, of a wild card is the Miami heat. And the reason that I think they're a real wild card is sort of twofold here. The first reason is that if you are Miami and you offer Duncan Robinson, Kyle Lowry and draft capital, or maybe Kyle Lowry, Nikola Jovich and draft capital. I don't know if I'm Brooklyn again, unless similar to the Lakers thing, Kyrie basically told everybody I'm only resigning with Miami. I don't think that Brooklyn is doing that. I think they're doing Phoenix or Dallas over that. Um, and I have seen some articles that are saying, Oh, the nets could compete with Kyle Lowry. Like, you're not watching the heat this year. If you're saying that because <laughs> Kyle Lowry is not what he was last year. He's at the tail end of his career. He's inconsistent. It's not the same player that you got even last year in the playoffs. Um, I see if, if Brooklyn does that at, at looking at that as more of a, um, a longer term move. And I think that Kevin Durant probably winds up requesting out in the summer if that happens. Um, but, and this is where it gets interesting. What if the Miami Heat offered Tyler Hero? That would change everything because to me, then Miami could be in a great spot here because to me, that gives Brooklyn the best return. You're sending Kyrie to a championship organization. You'd think he'd be happy about that. And look, no secret, Miami's owner, Mickey Arisay, is not afraid to spend money. And we all know Pat Riley isn't afraid to make bold, bold moves. And... What if Miami believes that they can limit those distractions that Kyrie Irving has had the last couple of years by kind of getting him, getting him into their no BS key culture organization. And then you're also pairing him with a guy who has publicly talked about for years, wanting to play with him and Jimmy Butler, one of his best friends. And look on the hero side, I know that he's a high value young star, but if you put out the rest of the season, Kyrie, Bam, and Jimmy on the floor together, you can win a championship this year if those guys are on the floor, especially the way Bam out of bio has been playing recently. So with that in mind, um, you know, that's a big hypothetical there where the Heat sort of make a decision that they're going to gamble on Kyrie. And, uh, you know, they also sort of make the gamble of sending Tyler Hero out Um you know, I think that that in 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 sort of thought, uh, in theory, that is super interesting scenario. In theory, I'm excuse me, in in practice, in the real world, I'm not sure if you're betting on this. That is something to uh, <laughs> put your money behind happening. I don't see the the Miami Heat realistically offering Tyler Hero. I just think it's something fun to consider when we're doing all these trade machine sort of scenarios here. Um. And while Dallas and Phoenix, I think, can offer Brooklyn better returns than the Lakers and a, and a third team with a combination of some draft capital and role players, um, my bet is that Kyrie Irving, and if you're going to back it, I would back the Lakers while they're still at plus money, <laughs> uh, reuniting with LeBron in LA. And again, you know, I tend to think that more information is going to continue to roll out that points Brooklyn to making a three-teamer with LA in this scenario. Um, and look, this also has to do with the Lakers and the fact that they're desperate to contend this year. And I do see LeBron convincing the organization to make this trade, um, even if they don't sort of have a, a full consensus on we're going to extend him for four years. I think they're going to do the trade and figure it out. And if I were betting on it, that's what I would advise you to do. Take the Lakers. 
at plus money, who knows in a couple of days, maybe there'll be minus money. <laughs> you never know. Um, and with that, uh, that's going to do it for today. Please add the show as one of your favorite radio stations at the link in the description. Subscribe to us on YouTube. You can also listen to the show on Apple Music, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Thank you for tuning in, and I will see you tomorrow. Thank you.